We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of the Rotowire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen here with Alex Barutha. It is Wednesday, January 11th. Uh, Alex, you're in COVID protocols right now. Uh, I'm a little bit under the weather myself. Uh, just kind of the dog days of the NBA season as we're, we're past the halfway mark now for a lot of teams. But uh, how are you feeling? I, I know you've been hanging in there these last couple of days. And uh, as always, you know, appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to hop on and talk some NBA. Yeah, those uh, Gordon Hayward doubtful updates really it got to me, and my body just can't take it anymore. Uh, I'm hanging in okay. If, you, if people who listen to the Friday pod know I was, I was sick then and pushing through. Um, not feeling horrible, but still dealing with, like, honestly, the most annoying thing has been not being able to taste or smell anything. Because um, you, you, want, you, you want to sort of live the couch potato lifestyle. You're like, I'm going to sit on the couch and watch TV and have yeah, a really, pizza. Really embrace the COVID. Right. And it's like, oh, I'm going to have a pizza. And it's like, wait, that actually doesn't taste any different than eating a salad. Um, yeah. So it doesn't even make sense. But uh, I can smell two things now. I can smell oranges and I can smell my Listerine. So uh, we're we're on the road back. All right. The, the big two. Uh, the big two. Oranges and Listerine. I, I do have to ask, did you by chance uh, like jokingly rub your hands all over the podcast mics in the Rotowire office on Friday? <laughs> No, I did not. Uh, I, I did none of that. No, um, no, no homage to Rudy Gobert. <laughs> okay, thank God. I was actually in the office yesterday, and there oh, were wow. like four total people in there. Yeah, it was complete ghost town. There's construction going on all over the place. There's nowhere <laughs> yeah. to park. It's just, man, I, I don't know if the, if the Roto office will ever uh, return to being the you know rousing hub that it was uh, pre-COVID 2020. Strong possibility that it will not. All right, we're going to do uh, another pair of companion episodes, Easter Conference, Western Conference. We're going to go back and forth, spend a minute or two 
on all 30 teams. You'll hear the East in this pod. Tomorrow we'll record the Western Conference. That'll be in your feed uh, sometime Thursday afternoon. Uh, but before we dive in on the Eastern Conference, I do want to hit a couple news items on this pod. Uh, we're going to talk some All-Star on Thursday's pod, uh, make our selections at this juncture with about a month before uh, the All-Star game arrives. As usual, Alex, this is going to shock you. Most of the news uh, is injury-related around the NBA right now, and uh, the biggest of those being Kevin Durant. And I, I, I hate to phrase it this way. This is kind of how I put it to Mike Varner uh, when we had him on the XM show last night. But did it seem a little too good to be true that KD had missed only one game through the first half of the season? It did. I, um, I, I thought that it's, I don't know that the the whole net season was starting to feel too good to be true. Wasn't it? Yeah. They started off so poorly drama with Kyrie Irving and all of a sudden just out of nowhere, they start breaking off this win streak and look like the best team in the NBA. None of that to me felt really sustainable. And like, how is this team chemistry turning around like this? I mean, Durant himself was playing out of his mind, right? I mean, that's a huge part of it. Like, Durant's playing at an all-time level. But, yeah, he just is not someone over the past couple of years that I've drafted on my fantasy teams for that reason. I'm like, I don't think he's going to play. I think he's like 65 games at best. He hasn't really shown an ability to stay healthy since he tore his Achilles. And here we are again. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes at a rough time, of course, for the Nets. But I think you could say that for any part in this or any time in the season, you know, without Kevin Durant, I don't care, you know, what your schedule looks like, what you were doing the last month. Um, it's going to be tough sledding, but they, they head out in a five game Western conference road trip early next week. Uh, they play the Boston Celtics on Thursday. Uh, obviously that's a difficult game with, with no KD. Uh, they get, they get the ever so frisky Oklahoma city thunder uh, this coming Sunday as well. And you know, we got the initial timetable. You know, it sounded like it could be as, as little as a two week absence. And then Woj, comes over the top and said, eh, we're, we're probably looking at at least a month. I mean, sitting here now on, on January 11th with the All-Star break essentially starting on Wednesday the 15th for the Nets, I, I would be pretty surprised if we see KD again before that All-Star break. I mean, like, I, I just don't see really the point in him coming back and playing one or two games uh, and then taking nine days off. No, I don't. I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. When I see guys whose return dates are within a week of the all-star break or within a week and a half or something like that. I'm like, there's no way there's just no yeah. way they're coming back before that. Yeah. Just take the extra time. And I, I think that's what we end up seeing here. Uh, you know, Steve Alexander in his mailbag for the site today, kind of talked a little bit about the KD injury and you know potential replacements. Like there's just, there's not really anybody who steps up to replace Kevin Durant. And honestly, that's the case for like 90% of superstars. Um, although, you know, every now and then you get like the Anthony Davis injury, all of a sudden Thomas Bryant becomes super relevant. Is there a guy on the Nets who really benefits here? It's like maybe Royce O'Neal. You know, maybe you just you get more out of Kyrie for the next month. But I don't really see you know a, a natural replacement here. I guess potentially TJ Warren. Warren's the guy that came to mind for me because I mean positionally he fits, mm -hmm. um, and he also is a he's a scorer. He's not he's not Kevin Durant, but TJ Warren. That's that's been his calling card as an NBA player has been he can score efficiently from the forward spot. And so I think they'll probably just try to throw him in there, give him some extra minutes. Maybe, you know, I mean, he hasn't played a ton. Um, he's been hovering around like 14 to 24 minutes. Maybe they'll test out playing him, you know, upper 20s, 30 minutes. 
I, I think that's probably their best shot at, at um, helping get some of that scoring back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there, there is a decent amount of fantasy upside with Warren, um, you know, especially if you're saying no KD for a month, it's like, he, it's conceivable that he could average somewhere between, I don't know, 17, 20 points per game, four or five rebounds, never been a high assist guy whatsoever. I mean, in fact, he's one of the, the lowest assist players per minute uh, of, over the last decade. So, I mean, if, if you're getting like one and a half assists out of him, that's fantastic. Uh, steals have kind of come and gone, haven't quite been there this season, but he's had multiple one, uh, one plus steal years in the past. So I, I think Warren probably is the guy that I'm looking to. I mean, Royce O'Neal uh, likely picked up in most leagues anyway. Uh, other injury news around the league, Trey Young will not play on Wednesday night. Uh, still kind of trying to get a gauge for for how much time he could miss, but it, it is just an illness. So we're, we're looking at probably two or three games tops there. Uh, Steph Curry was back last night for the Warriors. Good news on that front. Warriors somehow managed to lose by double digits to like <laughs> one of the most depleted teams in NBA history. So, so that was not great. Uh, but either way, Curry back from an 11-game absence. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, Alex, out of nowhere, Ricky Rubio yeah. targeting a return on Thursday night. Hand up. Kind of forgot about Ricky Rubio. <laughs> <laughs> I also kind of forgot about Ricky Rubio. I think it'll, I think it'll be really good for the, for the Cavaliers. I mean, they've, you know, they've got clear, – clearly they've gotten by uh, mm-hmm. without him. But I don't know how much he's going to play because it's not like they're really playing Raul Neto that much who is sort of like the idea of a backup point guard for them. And they've just been running with, oh, you know, we'll play Donovan Mitchell as backup point guard. Karis LeVert's going to handle the ball. So I'm curious to see where they go with him, but they utilized him a decent amount last year. He looked fine. His shooting is just, I I don't know what's happening with his shot, but maybe we get 15, 20 minutes a game out of Rubio. He's an assist and steals guy. I don't know. What his field goal percentage is going to do to fantasy teams, but it can't hurt them. Uh, yeah, field goal percentage last year was thirty six point eight percent. Two yeah. years ago in Minnesota, it was thirty eight point eight. So I mean, he's never been a, a high field goal percentage player by any means. I mean, his career high is like forty one point eight back in twenty seventeen eighteen. So you do have to stomach that. Uh, I, I mean, last year I, I remember picking him up in, in some leagues. Like the yeah. assists were there. Yeah, I mean, he had multiple double digit assist games. Uh, especially early on, got off to a really hot start through the first couple of weeks of last year. So if you're need, in need of assists, he is a guy to consider. I mean, he was still at 1.4 steals per game last year as well. Uh, 1.7 made threes. Uh, obviously, in points leagues, there's some appeal here. But I'm with you. I mean, he was doing that last year in 28.6 minutes per game. Like, I, I don't think he gets anywhere close to that uh, with, with Darius Garland taking a step up. And then, of course, Donovan Mitchell filling a lot of those ball handling duties. Like, He's kind of a luxury piece at this point. I think he is, unless they they start trying to go, they try to mix up some lineups. You know, maybe they sort of really phase out Isaac Okoro. Maybe they they start to well, we don't have to give so many minutes to Lamar Stevens. We'll try some like Rubio plus Donovan Mitchell minutes and see how that works out. But yeah, I mean, twenty eight minutes a game seems completely unrealistic. I think if you pick him up and you get a consistent twenty minutes a game out of him, you have to be happy with that. And I think he's only a pickup in like a. 16 team league if you're desperate for assists or something like yeah. that yeah I, I would not be rushing out to grab him especially until we see what he looks like i mean i think there's going to be a pretty long uh kind of ramp up period here i mean he's a, a veteran player on a team that doesn't need him coming off of a, a serious injury so you know i i think he in fact might need an injury to somebody else before he's actually relevant 
in anything but deeper leagues. So yeah, I had no reason to go and grab him ahead of Thursday's game. I think you can at least wait and see and, you know, kind of, kind of try to get a gauge for what that role ultimately is. But if he's, if he's having trouble scraping 20 minutes, which, which I really think he will, I just don't really think there's a whole lot of appeal there. Uh, last injury note, Anthony Davis, uh, we, we kind of got a, an update, but also a non-update earlier this week, uh, planning to ramp up at some point in the next few days. Uh, there, there's optimism that he could be back in the lineup within a week or two. So you know, unlike KD, I, I think we definitely see Davis, you know, for, for a, at least a couple of weeks before the all-star break, you never know with him, um, you know, could be sometime next week. They, they have a big homestand coming up. They, they, they play five more games at home over the next 10 days. Um, actually a ton of home games really the rest of the month. So I, I do think we see Davis before the end of January and it's a big deal. I mean, obviously the Lakers felt like they had kind of discovered something right before Davis went down. They've been able to tread water better than I thought. Uh, yeah. the, the loss to Denver the other night, notwithstanding, they had won five in a row at one point, but, uh, kind of easy to forget that. I mean, Davis was, he was kind of right in the mix of, we, we keep talking about all these guys who are just trading off monster games every other night. I mean, he was doing that before the injury. He was the third best player in eight cat per game value. I mean, he's just seriously like having one of the best seasons of his career. Yeah. Um, the Lakers getting him back is huge. I mean, if you, like you mentioned, they're starting to figure it out and they've been putting together wins without him. Like you, you start to think, well, in theory, you're just, you're looking at a 19 and 22 team that's adding Anthony Davis to it. If you look at it that way, this team has a higher ceiling than I think a lot of people would have imagined to start the year. And the reality is they're not that far out of like, like they have one fewer loss than the sixth seed Clippers right now. So I think don't do this to me. I, some, I think Lakers optimism might be warranted. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I think relative optimism. You oh, can well, talk me yes. into. Yes. Um, you know, they, they, they have some tough games coming up. They get Memphis before the end of the month. Um, you know, they, they do play the Clippers uh, on the 24th. Looking forward to that one. But no, you're right. I mean, they're they're two games out of being the sixth seed in the West, which based on how the season started, like the first 10 games of the year, when it looked like they were going to be one of the four worst teams, uh, they're actually sitting in okay position. And, you know, I, I think if you're the Lakers at, at this point, you're, you're just focused on at least making the play-in. Uh, so you, you kind of just need to jump one spot because I think Utah – is going to fall back. They've, they're already down to 10th uh, in the Western Conference. They're only a half game ahead of the Lakers. I think that slide continues. So you basically just need to finish ahead of Portland, Minnesota, uh, could be Phoenix, could be Sacramento, uh, could be the Warriors if they can't get it together. Um, but there, there is upward mobility here. And I, I hate that. I, I know we're going to have this discussion in a few months, especially if the Lakers do go on some sort of mini run. Um, like I, I don't ever see them like challenging for a top four seed in the conference. I, I just don't think they have that in them. But you know, there's going to be that discussion of like, well, are, are, are you really taking the young Memphis Grizzlies over LeBron James and Anthony <laughs> Davis in a playoff series? Like, I, I will be asking myself that question. <laughs> and you have to ask yourself the question because AD's yeah. been playing that well. And LeBron is well, LeBron. So is LeBron. Right. Of course. Yes. LeBron is playing amazing right now. So, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, crazy. LeBron is 20th, by the way, in nine cat per game value. Anthony Davis, number one in nine cat per game. It's uh, I wonder if this is the worst team that has ever had two players like that high in uh, <laughs> nine cap value. That's actually, that's actually a really good question. I'm trying to think back to like that, 
that Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, Pelicans team. I mean, they weren't that bad, but they were they were never good. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how high uh, DeMarcus Cousins ever climbed, but that, that'll be a good project. We'll, we'll have to get the interns uh, to, to find the worst <laughs> team to have two guys in the top 20 uh, in Nightcat. But all right, let's get into the Eastern Conference. Uh, we'll rifle through these 15 teams. We're going to go every other. Uh, we are not going alphabetical this time. We, we are going in order of current standings heading into Wednesday night's action. So that means we are starting with the Boston Celtics. We are ending with the 11 and 33 Detroit Pistons. Uh, I, I will be doing eight teams. You'll be doing seven. Uh, we'll reverse that for the Western conference tomorrow, but I'll start with Boston. The Celtics are 29 and 12. They have a one and a half game lead over the Brooklyn nets for the number one seed in the East. Uh, seemingly kind of back on track after some ugly losses to OKC and Denver last week. Um, you know, I, there, there are kind of a few things I want to hit quickly with Boston. Obviously, they're a great team. They're going to go through ups and downs. I think it was pretty unsustainable uh, what was going on earlier this season in terms of role player shooting. I think that was uh, kind of one of the underrated things that was propelling them to literally the best offense in NBA history. And, you know, unsurprisingly, over the last month or so, you know, guys like Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, Sam Hauser, uh, they're starting to cool off from three Derek white over his last 18 games. So since the start of December is shooting 24% from beyond the arc, a pretty hard correction. there. not quite as severe for, for some of their other guys, but the shooting started to come full circle. Uh, Robert Williams, you know, for fantasy purposes, still seeing somewhat of a limited role on most nights uh, did play a season high 23 minutes earlier this week against Chicago. I, I think Boston's really in no rush to get him back to being, you know, closer to a 30, 35 minute per game guy. Like he was late last season. They just don't really need to do that. Uh, but he's now played in what, 10 games and has been, you know, kind of in the 20 to 22 minute range in the vast majority of those. Yeah. He's, he's starting to look like himself a bit. I mean, he's, he's providing, I mean, if you drafted him, uh, I think that you're looking towards after the all-star break, as the point where maybe they start getting him back into that 30 minute a game range. And that's when I think the sort of return on investment will, will pay off that you made. Other than that. Yeah. I mean, Boston started to come back around a little bit. They're looking better four and two over the past two weeks. I'm, I'm not really concerned at all about the Celtics. Like the Celtics could go. Oh, and five. And I'd be like, ah, they're fine. Like they, they, to me, they just feel like such a rock yep. right now that, um, I just think they're in a really good spot. I'm not too worried about anything. Yep. One, one, one last note on Boston. Uh, and I feel like nobody's talking about Jalen Brown just because they, they talk about the Celtics as a whole or, or Jason Tatum and whether or not he's going to start the all-star game. But Jalen Brown is having a career year. He's having by far the best fantasy season of his career. He's only missed a couple of games. He's played in 39 so far. Did only play 66 last year, 58 the year before that, 57 the year before that. So he hasn't had any injury issues quite yet 27 points seven rebounds three and a half assists over one steal per game again almost at 50 percent from the field despite not shooting it well from three at all uh highest career free throw attempts per game so he's one of those guys that i think you know we talk about sga donovan mitchell as like potential league winners i mean if you took jalen brown in like the third or fourth or i don't know maybe even the fifth round in, in some leagues like you're, you're sitting really well with that i mean he's a top 15 guy in nine cap I traded a second round pick for Jalen Brown in our keeper league, uh, which Goodness. has worked out pretty well. That's yeah. a second round reserve pick, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I uh, let's go to the Brooklyn Nets, who are second in the East, 27 to 13. But as we mentioned at the top, Kevin Durant uh, suffers a knee injury. He's going to be out. 
probably past the all-star break. I think if you get him before that back on your fantasy team, that's a bonus. So from here on out, I mean, I, you know, if you have Kyrie Irving on your roster, if you have Ben Simmons on your roster, it's only good things for those guys because they're just going to see usage more naturally. I would consider uh, picking up TJ Warren if he's available on the waiver wire. Obviously, we're going to get some more information about his role before if you have Sunday waivers. Um, same with like Joe Harris. I Joe Harris and Seth Curry, I, I cannot figure out what's going on there. Like Joe Harris has not had a good game it's like, I don't know, since what, early December? Um, uh, I mean, but, of like 2019, yeah. <laughs> right. So maybe he gets more involved. But I think if I, the Nets, generally speaking, I think their goal is probably just to go 500 without Durant. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. I mean, we, we covered the Warren thing in the intro. Uh, I think he's the guy to target. And like Seth Curry, I, I've been like, he's always at the top of, you know, like recommended ads or whatnot if, if you're on ESPN or Yahoo. And, I want to add him like he, he's been productive in the past. He's been consistent in the past, but there's just just hasn't been there this year for whatever reason. Uh, I mean, he's down to 21 minutes per game under 10 points per game. You know, the three point percentage is still good, but he's just not playing enough to get that volume. So unless you're like you're really down bad in terms of just raw made threes uh, you know, and he's only given you one point eight. Like I just I, I don't really see it with Seth Curry at this point. And who knows? Yeah, maybe that maybe the Durant injury is what ultimately galvanizes him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Alex, the worst offense in the league over the last 10 games belongs to the Milwaukee Bucks. A 106.9 offensive rating in that span. Uh, They have a 
minus 7.2 net rating in that span. They are four and six straight up. Uh, it hasn't been pretty. It, it hasn't. And uh, Milwaukee to me is in that category with Boston where you're never really going to panic even when they go through a stretch like this. Obviously, Chris Middleton is, is the main storyline right now, just the complete uncertainty around this. And you know, now it feels like these last couple of weeks, there, there are some kind of like contract-related disputes that are kind of creeping their way into this discussion. Um, you know, Drew Holiday missed time as well. Uh, but really, the bottom line is Chris Middleton has played in seven games so far. And if you want to compete with Boston or Brooklyn or Cleveland or Philly or whoever in the Eastern Conference, you know, you, you could get by the regular season. Giannis is good enough to, to drag you through that. But when it comes down to an Eastern Conference final series uh, against the Boston Celtics, you need Chris Middleton to be out there and you need him to be fully healthy. Middleton over the years has bailed out a lot of bad possessions for the Bucks. He's been an absolute marksman on those. Um, I mean, Aggie kind of three point shot. He's just, he's, he's going to nail it. He, he loves the pull-ups and transition catching a shoe, obviously without him. It's just, it is really tough. You feel his absence offensively and this team without him. It's just not, it's just not that good. Like I, you, you hate to say it, but like Drew Holiday is amazing. Giannis is amazing. Lopez has been doing his thing, but the supporting cast is like, we all like Bobby Portis. And, but after that, Grayson Allen, Javon Carter, Ingles has picked it up a little bit, but like very quickly, you're sort of talking about Pat Connaughton, George Hill's not even yeah. in the rotation. Wes Matthews is just done. So this team isn't really that much better than a lot of these other teams. Like without Middleton, it's not better than a lot of these other teams. Like, you look at Dallas and you're like, Luca has no help. And it's like, okay, you know, holidays, the Dinwiddie guy, Christian Wood, Bobby Portis. It just, it's sort of looking like that right now. And I just don't, I don't think they can't win the title without Chris. So no. um, they just need him to get back. And he's what well, the thing, he's so boring that I think you forget how effective he is. You know, like nobody, nobody talks about him in, in the way that you talk about some of the other stars, if they were to miss this much time. Uh, but because you know, I, I think he's like some people just view him as like a souped up Harrison Barnes. You know, it's like <laughs> he, he's a better player than Bradley Beal, but it's a bigger deal nationally when Brad Beal misses time. You know what I mean? So like I, I think there's kind of always been this assumption that he's more of a just a, a role player. Uh, but I, you know, I, I think he's probably the Bucks' second most important player when they're rolling. And you know, obviously defensively, Drew Holiday brings almost an unquantifiable presence. But um, yeah, we're I mean we're seeing what happens when you have to rely on that combination of role players. Like you mentioned, those guys are great. Everyone that you mentioned from, uh, you know, George Hill to Pat Connaughton to Joe Ingles, if they're playing 15 to 20 minutes off the bench, that's fantastic. If you're asking them to do some sort of replication of Chris Middleton, they're not qualified to do that. And, and I think we're starting to kind of see that rear its head. So uh, very interested to see how much time he ends up missing and, and, you know, how much else kind of continues to trickle out in Milwaukee as far as what his future with that team might be. The 76ers are fourth in the conference, 25 and 15 they're five and two over the past two weeks they just got Embiid back from a three-game absence uh they just straight up they just decimated the uh the Pistons last night who were starting Nerlens Noel um and Kevin Knox um so should not surprise anybody they won 147 to 116 uh but they're actually healthy which is uh shocking because this team has just not been healthy for a long time but they got Harden, they got Embiid, they got Maxi, um, and they're 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 cooking a little bit right now. I think Embiid. We talk about Embiid as a fringe MVP candidate. He's pretty much a guarantee to finish top five um, in that category. And um, 
you know, with Maxi back, you're like if you've been rostering DeAnthony Melton or Shake Milton, it's it's like it's not it's basically over for you. Uh, you gotta find someone else to put in that spot. But the um, I'm I'm still kind of a believer in the 76ers. I have to say, in terms of like a, you know, they can make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, and and be competitive. Yeah, Harden's been looking great. Like you said, Maxi back in the mix. Um, you know, one potential red flag: Tyrese Maxi did just sign with New Balance. Oh, earlier okay. today. Uh, so that, that will be worth monitoring, uh, I guess, teaming up with Kawhi over there. Um, but, you know, inherently skeptical of anybody who wears new bounces to play basketball. So uh, just something to keep an eye on going forward. The Cleveland Cavaliers, Donovan Mitchell, uh, I think remains kind of the key storyline. He is eighth in nine cat total value this season. Uh, we mentioned Ricky Rubio, that return expected to come Thursday. Uh, you know, one aspect of, of the Rubio return that we didn't mention is, does this do anything to Darius Garland's value? You know, like is, is Rubio taking any minutes away? Is, is he you know kind of taking any of the distribution duties out there? If he and Garland are playing together. Uh, and I, I guess you could ask the same question about Mitchell. I think, I don't think you want Garland and Rubio together. Gar- uh, excuse me. Yes. I don't think you want Garland and Rubio together. I think Rubio and Mitchell is fine. Maybe that takes away some of, of Mitchell's assists, um, but he could open up his scoring. If anything, I'd be almost more worried about Karis LeVert. Yeah, I mean, I'm just worried about Karis LeVert in general uh, <laughs> as just a, as like a man and a basketball player. But yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, last thing on the Cavs, have you found yourself, uh, you know, kind of tail between your legs going to the waiver wire to grab Kevin Love in any leagues? I have not. Me neither. No. I've stood strong. He's, he's rostered in 33% of Yahoo leagues and, and mine are not one of them. In deeper leagues, if you're in a 16-teamer, I can't oh, sure. tell you not. I can't tell you not to do it. Um, but no, in, in normal leagues, I have not. Uh, right behind Cleveland is the Indiana Pacers, uh, twenty-three and eighteen. They're just. <laughs> I think they're just good. I think. I think it's okay for us just to be like, okay, they, they make a good basketball team. Whether or not they decide to try to blow it up, I don't know. But you might be. You're too good to blow it up, aren't you? Twenty-three and eighteen. How many games are you are you really going to lose down the stretch here? Um, Halliburton, I think should be an all-star. He looks amazing. Miles Turner having the best season of his career. Um, you know, Buggy Heel continues to stay hot. The Aaron Neesmith, it's not, I don't know if it's a renaissance. Um, he's here, he's playing and he's almost fantasy relevant. Um, Matherin's cooled off since the start of the year. I'm not really worried about that. He's just, he's a great sixth man for them still. And, um, you know, we sort of get sparse minutes from like Nemhard and and guys like that. But um, this is a fun team. They're just well constructed. They're fun. I think Carlisle's doing a good job coaching them. So I don't really know what they're going to do at the deadline. They're they're a really hard team to gauge. So I think I think the question for a lot of these guys, like if you're rostering Miles Turner, if you're rostering Buggy Heald, you're sort of in like a what do I do position. It's safer to trade them. But I, I would not panic trade them like I would panic trade Jakob Pertl. Yeah, I'm in full-on panic mode with Pertl at this point. I do think he's dealt, and it, like, like you said, it, it's just unlikely that he ends up in a better situation than the one he's in. Uh, you and I talked at length coming into the year about Buddy Heald and just how valuable he is in, in terms of made threes. He's leading the league by 15 makes right now. Uh, and part of that, of course, is Stephen Curry You know, just missed 11 games, so chances are he'll eventually... Uh, overtake him by the end of the year, but it's healed 
Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Simons, Malik Beasley, and Steph Curry. Those are your five leaders in terms of total made threes this year. He's one of the sleepers of the year for sure in fantasy. People were scared off by him um, because of the the Pacers. People thought they were tanking, but he's he's 58th and eight cat right now per game. Yeah, 51st in nine cat as well. He's having himself a nice year. And yeah, to finish out the Pacers, I think you're right that they've they potentially won too many games already. Like, I don't know if they can reverse course. You know, like it, obviously the goal, if you were going to shift into tank mode is you need to get into the bottom three and like you absolutely need to get into the bottom four or five, I think to feel good about your chances. And it's like, they're not catching up to Charlotte, Detroit, Houston, San Antonio. Like maybe you have an outside chance to challenge like the magic and the wizards for like the sixth pick. But I, I think they, the, the damage is done. Like those, those other teams are going to be tanking just as hard, even if Indiana would choose to go that route. So I know it feels like they've kind of been in the middle. I, I think they just push forward and, you know, try to get a playoff spot and, and they're in position to do so. For the most part, this is what they've always done, right? They just try right. to they try to put together a winning team and they have a good young foundation. They might just stick to it. Yeah, and I think it helps when you have Halliburton in place. Like you're not, yeah. and, and Matherin for that point. Like you, you don't, you're not just like wandering around as an organization looking for your guy. Um, obviously, you, would you like to add Wembenyama? Yes, of course. But, you know, I feel if they already have a cornerstone in place in Halliburton, I, I think it makes it easier uh, to kind of go with the flow draft-wise going forward in that situation. Uh, this brings us to the New York Knicks, 22 and 19. Uh, at one point, this team was 10 and 13. They are now 22 and 19. That means they are 12 and 6 over their last 18. Uh, RJ Barrett could play tonight, potentially. Uh, talking about Wednesday, the 11th. He's missed six in a row uh, heading into Wednesday. Uh, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, both top 40 guys in nine cat this season. Mitchell Robinson playing well, even though the, the insane high volume blocks. Uh, may never come back uh, that we saw earlier in his career. He's still almost a two blocks per game guy. The rebounding's been there. He stayed mostly healthy. Uh, and then Quentin Grimes popping up uh, as an ad in a lot of leagues over these last couple of weeks. But we'll see, you know, if that potentially changes once Barrett's back in action. Randall has been playing out of his mind lately with RJ Barrett out. Um, he's yeah, I, like I, I put him in my, I put him in a trade article. Um, that I've run on Tuesdays as a sell high uh, two weeks ago because I I think once Barrett comes back, the offense kind of normalizes. But um, over the past um, nine games, Randall's averaging 31 and 13 with four and a half assists, 1.1 steals, and 0.9 blocks. I think this is like the craziest sell high opportunity of all time. Uh, <laughs> I would I would move off of this really fast if you can get like a guaranteed top 30 for him. Yeah. Um, Cause I think once Barrett's back again, things normalize. I will say as interesting side note, cause I don't have anything. I want to be like hot takes on this team. Emmanuel quickly has the best uh, defensive point differential in the NBA. Um, the Knicks are 14 points better per 100 possessions on defense with Emmanuel quickly on the floor. Um, he's had like a positive point differential his entire career. I think he's, I think he's one of the more underrated players in the NBA. Um, someone I would try to target in dynasty leagues if you can, but he's playing a lot this season too. Um, uh, Randall, by the way, sorry, Randall has oh, played ahead. 40 plus minutes in seven of nine games. Uh, <laughs> but if you, I, to kind of counterpoint, like, yeah, I don't think his usage is going to sustain once Barrett's back, but if you go all the way back to the beginning of December, it's so like his last 17 games, he's still averaging 29 13, four and a half, uh, you know, the steals and, and blocks are down slightly, 
Um, but I mean, he's basically been doing this now for like 20 to 25 games. So it, it is semi-sustainable, but at the same time, it's like, he's still, he still has those nights where you're reminded how much of a disaster last year was like just his last three games. These are his numbers from three, one of eight, six of 11, one of 12 from three uh, against Milwaukee on Monday. Like he, he it still kind of comes yes. and goes, but the volume and the minutes are, are just so crazy at this point that you're going to get the raw numbers basically every night. Yeah. It's a, I would He's a he's a confounding player. I, I think I'm comfortable leaving it at that. Uh, the Miami Heat, eighth seed, twenty two and twenty. Um, they just can't stay healthy, and I think that's a lot of what's been dragging their record down. Although Jimmy Butler, five straight games, uh, he's wow. appeared in. That's um, pretty Amazing. incredible for him. But um, they barely got the win last night. They still covered. You and I both like that OKC plus two line last night. Um, but Adebayo and Hero were out. Lowry was out. I mean, you look at this team's like game logs, however you want to look at it. It's just like no one's no one's healthy. Um, it's a it's a tough team to roster anybody on. I think besides Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero has been pretty good too. But um, like Lowry's been really bad lately. Not only has he been hurt, he's also been bad. Hasn't scored more than twenty four fantasy points since. Um, December 26th as far as like real life goes I just I, I think I'm just out I, I just don't trust them to be healthy I just don't think they're deep enough I like they have guys like everybody oh we all like Max Struess and Mar- oh, Martin plays hard and oh, Highsmith has given them some good minutes and all that like Oladipo has actually looked really good I, I think I buried the lead a little bit Oladipo has been playing really well for them but I just, I don't think they have enough juice this year. I mean, it says a lot that we're praising Victor Oladipo because he, he probably shouldn't be getting that many minutes. And yeah, he's, he's been looking okay. Um, I mean, like Haywood Highsmith uh, is like yeah. playing real minutes for this team. Orlando Robinson is routinely starting at center. I mean, it's getting completely out of hand. And I, I mean, it, it kind of speaks to the greatness of Spo that this is still a team that's two games above 500. Um, but I mean, we're, we're just so deep into the season and it feels like at no point have we seen anything close to this real team for more than like two or three games in a row? So I, I think the counter argument is like, well, at some point, if they're healthy in the playoffs, you know, maybe there's this late rising team, but yeah, it, it to me, it kind of feels like they missed their window. Uh, you know, some of the role players have fallen off um, and they just, they kind of seem like they're a piece short uh, by the way, last, last night's win. I was tracking that closely. Uh, thanks to our OKC bet, which miraculously covered in a game where the Miami heat went 40 of 40 at the free throw line. My God, I didn't, didn't even 40 of 40. That is an NBA record for most makes without a miss. Obviously, I don't even know what the previous record is. <laughs> That's uh, Jamal Kane got to the line five times. If you look at that, <laughs> Jimmy Butler, 23 of 23 at the line. Yeah, I, I I saw that notification. I was watching a different game and I, I saw it's like he'd are 40 of 40 at the line. I'm like, oh, my God, they're probably up 40 right now. Uh, and yeah, somehow we, we got the one point cover uh, despite Miami winning that game. Uh, this brings us to the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta and Miami have kind of been joined at the hip in the standings all year. Uh, but but the vibes in Atlanta continue to just be straight up bad. They might have the worst vibes of every team uh, yeah. in the league, for sure, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, this is a team that has not won three games in a row since the first week of November. Uh, they got torn apart by Kendrick Nunn last week. Uh, Clint Capella still out, uh, you know, kind of a, having seemingly a recurrence of that Achilles calf issue that's bothered him the last couple of years. 
And, you know, Trey Young, the, the, raw, the raw scoring numbers have been there. Uh, you know, last 10 games, he's had almost 30 points per game, almost 10 assists per game, up over a steal per game. Uh, but the, the efficiency season long is just way, way down. And again, it's been better of late. He's shooting almost 40% from three over his last 10. But even factoring that in, he's at 31.4% from deep on the year, which is, I mean, it, it's a Julius Randle-esque type of regression compared to last year. Yeah, he's shooting well lately, but he shoots so many that it's like, well, he could just he could shoot twenty percent for the next two games, and it would just be it would be bad again. Um, I I don't I don't even know how to look at this team. You're right about the vibes. I mean, every podcast is sort of like wants to do the the Trey Young trade discussion, but just like isn't quite there yet. Um, I. I don't know what you do. Like, I actually think is I don't I like I don't mind their starting lineup. I think their starting lineup is fine. I don't I like I like a lot of the pieces on this team. Like I continue like individually, I'm like, this is great. But the the vibes around the team, Trey Young seem to be bad. I just think when when it reaches this sort of level, which is the level I thought it was at in Brooklyn until they just rattle off a ton of wins and look like the best team in the NBA. I thought the vibes reached a certain point. And it's just it's it's unrecoverable, at least for a specific season. That's how I feel about the Hawks right now. Like maybe they rattle off, maybe they get five, six wins in a row. They start to look fine, but I just don't, I don't think they're going to do anything this year in terms of like wins in the playoffs. No, I, I have no further thoughts. Uh, yeah, we'll see what they do with John Collins. Like if they don't trade Trey young, it, it seems like at the very least uh, Collins could be on the move. And it's kind of just been a, Another pretty frustrating fantasy season. Like at least he's up to 1.4 blocks per game, but everything else has come and gone. The scoring is way down. You know, the rebounding has been just kind of stagnant. Hasn't shown much improvement as a passer. Uh, I will say I'm starting DeAndre Hunter every single week in stake league. Don't feel great about that. Uh, but from raw scoring, uh, he's been okay. I mean, he's basically given you like 15 to 20 a night. Uh, decent efficiency, one and a half threes. But he's just, he's one of those guys that I think is, maybe a better real life player than he'll ever be as a fantasy player. Like no real steals, the blocks impact, no impact whatsoever as a passer. And the three point volume is nice, but it's not quite high enough that that, you know, drags him into the top 150. I still like Hunter longer term. If he gets away from Atlanta yeah. or it's He's just poisoned. He, he has been poisoned. The Chicago bulls 19 and 22 play a little better lately, five and three over the past two weeks. Um, I don't know what the, I like, I think this team should just cut the cord because they have to like you, like I looked at this team's books the other day and they have to make some decisions that would just make me so uncomfortable if I was writing these checks that I just think I would rather not, uh, you have DeRozan as an expiring contract next year. Okay. So you got to really, <laughs> you got to start thinking hard about, do we want to keep DeRozan around? Uh, you have Levine locked in um, until 25-26. Vucevic is on an expiring deal this year. So you have to decide basically right now, do we want to keep Nikola Vucevic? Uh, and obviously, if you're keeping Vucevic, you're probably keeping DeRozan and vice versa. Lonzo Ball is still on your books. Uh, guaranteed $20 million next year, $21 million player option for 24-25. Odds are he's taking that at this rate. Um, and your best player on off is Alex Caruso. Uh, so it's just very confusing. I, I think they should pivot out of it, but we'll see. So if I'm, I mean, if you have any of these guys in fantasy, 
I mean, I it'd be it, it's hard for me to imagine like Vucevic getting traded and being like a backup or DeRozan being traded yeah. and suddenly like playing like 26 minutes a game. But I'm just I don't I wouldn't love having these guys because I I am a little worried that they will decide to blow it up. But they're just they're such a hard team to read for me. I I just I don't know what you do. They're just they are stuck in mediocrity despite having like talented players. I think they should move Vucevic if there's a decent market. I just, I, I, it's not even about this year. It's just like, do you, if, if you don't move him, then you're almost under this internal obligation to bring him back, right? Yeah. Or you're just letting him walk. And it's like, do, what are you bringing him back at? Like, he's, he's not going to want, do you, do you want Vucevic back for anything more than like a one plus one? Probably not. But, you know, if he's, if he's hitting the open market, there's going to be some team out there. I don't know. Look, look at you, Charlotte Hornets, that'll throw him a Dallas. three or four year deal. And it's like, why? If you're Chicago, you should have no interest in doing that. So it's a tough pill to swallow. But to me, they have not shown enough upside, I think, to warrant, you know, the, the quote unquote, go for it mandate this season. I mean, what your, your ultimate upside is probably exactly what happened last year when you got one game off the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. You know, it's like I, I don't know what what that really accomplishes. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, they've won two in a row. Still an extremely confusing team. <laughs> uh, almost conf- almost completed what would have been like one of the wildest comebacks in NBA history. Uh, against the Bucks uh, a few days ago. Uh, we're not able to, to finish that one off. As of right now, they're only one game ahead of Washington. They're only two and a half games ahead of Orlando. Uh, so unlike Indiana, if, if the Raptors do want to pivot into a tank, I think they could do it. I think they're close enough uh, that they could really make a run at that bottom three or at least the bottom five. Um, elsewhere on this team, Gary Trent carrying my stake league team. Uh, he, he ranks well ahead of Scotty Barnes. This season, he's been fantastic when healthy. And Scotty Barnes, who I I feel like he's probably my most rostered player across all my teams this year, still alternating between really good and absolutely horrendous performances (laughs) night to night. Uh, His last 13 games, Alex, Scotty Barnes is four of 28 from three. Yeah. um, You know, I, you listen to analysts and they're like, why, you know, why are the Raptors bad? And I think sometimes we overthink it. It's like, well, they don't have a bench. They can't shoot, and they don't have a center. Like how? But I don't get how it. Why good, are they bad? <laughs> how good can this team be? By the way, do you know who has the high, the best point differential on this team? And it's not some like guy who's seeing hundred minutes. It's it's over five hundred minutes. Dang. Okay. Well, that that eliminates uh, Delano Banton. Um, it does. Who has the worst? It, by the is way, is it not Gary Trent? It is Christian Coloco. Um, oh. It was plus thirteen as the highest point differential on the team. Ooh. One of the best uh, defensive. Plus minus is two in the entire NBA. Only mildly behind uh, Manuel quickly. Wow. But yeah, I I just think this team construction has sort of gotten like I get I get where they were going and I get what they're doing. Where it's like you want to build a bunch of switchable wings, right? They could they can all sort of shoot, they can all sort of dribble, but teams are not scared of you offensively at all. And I think they are sort of clearly the fact that they're leaning on Coloco so heavily means that they probably need a real center that I think they just need to sort of bite the bullet and be like, okay, we might need a guy. <laughs> we might need a, we might need like a seven foot one, seven foot guy who can just be a big center. Um, but I don't know what they're going to do at the deadline. It's one of the bigger questions in the NBA. I, I wouldn't worry too much if I had any of these guys in my fantasy team. Like I think, I think so, if some team traded for Gary Trent, they'd still play him like 28 minutes a game and all that. Um, they are, uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what their future is. 
It, it relies a lot on Scotty Barnes, obviously, and he's been a little underwhelming. Um, the Wizards are 17 and 24. Uh, missing Bradley Beal lately with the hamstring. He's missed a lot of time this year. I say as someone who has him on um, our stake league team, I guess not enjoying that. Um, Porzingis has played really well and has barely been hurt all year. That feels like it's going to change sooner than later. Um, Kuzma's having another great year. A- after that, it's just like, I, it's like, sometimes you get a good game out of Denny Avia and then he just like does nothing. Gafford's actually looked pretty good lately. They're playing him and Porzingis together. They're starting both of them. Hachimura's pretty up and down. I'm not really a believer. Um, DeLon Wright's back and is playing well. Corey Kispert starting for Beal. I just, one of the most underwhelming, boring, unexciting teams to watch in the entire NBA. Yeah, Porzingis feels like he's on Durant watch at this point. Uh, (laughs) It's been... Best case scenario so far, but uh, you know, can can you ride it out when it matters most? I, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, but uh, yeah, that that situation. We I don't think we've talked by the way about Porzingis just getting this like beard slash goatee out right. of nowhere. Like it's it's a little unsettling. It kind of makes him look a little more villainous. Uh, I mean, he mm-hmm. had zero facial hair whatsoever through his first like seven years in the league, and then all of a sudden, like, did he have this ability all along, or like did he under undergo some sort of procedure? Like, I'm I'm still you know, we're halfway through the year and I'm still kind of shocked every time I, I watch the wizards and, and see that facial hair. I think he should just shave his head too, or go like Mohawk. That'd be cool. Um, kind of a Gortat yeah, he, look or yeah, like a Gortat or like a, Oh, what if he started looking like Birdman? Like, that'd be, that'd be a great Birdman, like a Birdman. Like, without the tats? Zingas. No, I think I want the tats too. I mean, either way I'm fine either way, but like that Mohawk beard, long beard combo. Yeah. yeah maybe. Who's the guy, who's the guy for the Hawks that, uh, oh, Pero Antich. You remember him? Mm, he do. was a legendary bald beard tattoo guy. Yeah. Um, he was playing looking... real minutes for like good teams. <laughs> I'm 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 Google imaging him right now. And um, yes, he uh he, he definitely <laughs> looks like he was like pulled out of a, a like a Eastern European mob movie or something. Yeah, he is from uh like an North extra Macedonia. From, looks like an extra from John Wick. He played double-digit minutes in an Eastern Conference Finals game. That's all I have to say about Pero Antich. Uh, all right, a few more teams. We'll, we'll zoom through these. Uh, the Orlando Magic. Uh, Alex, the pastor is almost back. Uh, Jonathan Isaac yeah. will be playing in the G League this week. Uh, if all goes well and he manages to stay upright, I would imagine we could see him uh, back on an NBA floor, uh, possibly before the end of the month, for sure, before the end of the All-Star break. Um, or, yeah, I don't, I don't think I said that right, but you know what I mean. Yes. Um, elsewhere in Orlando, I got a bunch of notes here. Mo Bamba, pretty much out of the regular rotation. It kind of goes in and out depending on who's available or who's suspended. But uh, with Wendell Carter back from injury, I, I think they've seemingly chose Mo Wagner over Mo Bamba in the Battle of the Mo's. Um, so as of right now, I mean, if, if you're still holding Mo Bamba in anything but a really deep league, obviously you can cut bait there. Uh, there's that stat that was going around this morning. Franz Wagner is fifth in the NBA in fourth quarter scoring behind only Giannis, DeRozan, LeBron, and Donovan Mitchell. That is wild. Never would have guessed that. Uh, Bull Bull should be back in action on Wednesday after missing a stretch of games with COVID. Uh, we, we've talked about Bull on this pod. Like I, I think the the excitement around him is kind of you know overtaken how valuable he's been in fantasy over the last few weeks, which is just not all that valuable. And Jalen Suggs also back in the mix after missing a bunch of time Still not looking great. Still working up uh, from a minutes perspective. 
not really startable in fantasy right now. Um, however, Markel Fultz has been yeah. really good for the last few weeks. And on the other side of that, Cole Anthony has been a complete disaster. <laughs> Don't sleep on Fultz, man. He's a must start. He's a must start in almost every yeah. fantasy league. You, right you now. were all over this. Uh, thank you. I was. Um, 92nd right now in per game, eight cat value. Um, had six steals two games ago. Um, cons- like really high, really great assist numbers lately. And um, obviously, no three point shot to be to to, to speak of. Um, not really doing much at the free throw line, but so he's not killing you there. But yeah, I mean, one point seven steals a game on a full. You just you gotta start him. Um, but that that pretty much wraps up my thoughts on on the magic. Because well, one, like, one more thing on Jonathan Isaac, quick. Like, okay. uh, so first of all, oh, yeah. how many? How could I percentage? forget? Yeah, what what percentage of leagues do you think he's rostered in right now on Yahoo? Uh like 15 24% which is higher than I would have guessed for a guy who we still don't really know when he's going to play uh, will you be grabbing him anywhere like uh, what's your level of interest here well Bradley Beal is on my IR spot in stake league ooh that's all I'll say about it yeah i uh i i think there's there's like one league where i just i'm just really down bad and i'm in need of like any sort of spark uh where i'll probably grab him that's the the SXM league where I have Chris like, Middleton and I had LaMelo Ball in that league and was just basically like boat raced for the first month of the year. Um, so I, I might grab him there, just see what happens. But no, I I just, I don't really think there's that much upside. I think there's a significant amount of downside. Uh, obviously you're, you're not spending a lot to acquire him. So in fantasy, maybe that's different, but it's like the absolute best case scenario is that he just makes it through the season and plays like 15 to 20 minutes a game. Like this is a way different team than the last time we saw him. They have a completely different cast of characters in the front court. They, they have no real need for Jonathan Isaac. So I just, I don't know. I, I don't really think there's a whole lot of upside there. I, I, I don't think the minutes are going to be there. No, like you, you and I have to go through the task of like actually mapping out the projected minutes per, per game for all of these teams. And you start trying to fit in Jonathan Isaac into this rotation. And I'm like trying to chip away minutes at certain guys. And I'm like, well, it's just you have to you have to do the math. It's like where are these minutes coming from? Like, is just like are they just going to stop playing Mo Wagner? Maybe they just stop playing Mo Wagner and give seventeen minutes a game to uh, Isaac. Do I believe that's going to be the case? I don't know. Um, so I mean, I think if Isaac can get twenty minutes a game, he can flirt with like fantasy relevance. I just don't know if it's going to be there, but worth a speculative ag if your league is deep enough for mm-hmm. sure, just for the steals and blocks upside. Who's next on our list? Charlotte. Um, uh, they can't stay healthy. I watched um, I watched a good chunk of the, the Toronto game the other night. LaMelo Ball was just like cooking them in the pick and roll. Toronto, um, he looks really good. But Mason Plumlee is playing disturbingly well. Um, Oubre still sidelines. You're getting more, you're getting more Jalen McDaniels, also fueled by Gordon Hayward being out. And I assume that the Hornets will be listing him as doubtful for the next three weeks. Um, there's a Mark Williams. Mark Williams is here. The guy that I thought uh, would be the backup center for them. And then they went Nick Richards and now Nick Richards is done. And now Mark Williams looks really good in limited minutes. I don't really know what you do there. I don't like you can sort of explore picking him up. If like, if, he, if you're in a dynasty league, I would, I would do what I can, but. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do. We talked about on 
I don't remember what podcast we talked about it on, but you know, it sounds like they're going to sign Miles Bridges. And if they're going to sign Miles Bridges, then they clearly think they're not a tanking team next year. And so I don't think they're going to trade their veterans this year. Um, so while previously you may have been sounding the alarm, like I got, I got to get rid of, like, I'm, you know, I have, I have Mason Plumley on my roster or I have Rozier mm-hmm. or Ubre on my roster. Like I got to get rid of these guys because they're going to tank. I, I don't think that's going to happen. So I think you can just ride it out. Whoever you have on this team. Yeah. Williams just looked fine. Um, you know, he had a couple two block games when he first entered the rotation. Uh, he's now gone six games in a row without multiple blocks. So unless he's doing that, I, I don't have a ton of interest. Uh, he's under 10% rostered in Yahoo leagues. I vastly prefer Walker Kessler, and that's not a hot oh, take. Yeah. But I mean, Kessler's still available in almost forty-five percent of leagues. So do a double Crazy. check. Um, you know, especially if you're playing in a league where I don't know, maybe people got frustrated with injuries early on, and uh, you know, some people aren't aren't checking the waiver wire. I mean, he had 10, 11, and six the other night against Memphis. So um, those were two guys who we were kind of watching in in similar veins coming into the year, and I, I think Kessler has been a lot more impressive. Uh, the Detroit Pistons, I believe. Yeah, we're finishing out. With Detroit, they are 11 and 33. They are the worst team in the NBA. Uh, apologies to our guy Shannon McCune. Uh, they're getting outscored by eight points per game now on the year. Uh, obviously, that's near the bottom. I think the Spurs are the only team that has a worse net rating. Uh, not a, just not a lot going on with Detroit right now. Jalen Duran is, is missing time. Uh, we, we've seen the return of Nerlens Noel out of nowhere. He's played in two straight games at three blocks last night in that blowout loss to Philly. Um, I think we're just going to keep talking about Detroit as a deadline team. You know, what do they do with Bogdanovich? He's nursing a minor calf injury right now. Uh, obviously keep monitoring Jaden Ivy, just going to be up and down typical rookie guard stuff. He is just inside the top 200 in total value. He's outside the top 250 in per game value. I think that's about par for the course. Um, only other thing I have on Detroit is, you know, if and when they do sell off a piece or two, and I think Bogdanovich is the most likely of those, you know, are you going to have some Sadiq Bay interest? Like, are we going to find ourselves adding Alec Burks yet again? Uh, you know, Isaiah Livers, Killian Hayes, Kevin Knox, those are kind of the other names lingering around. I think ideally they also get rid of Alec Burks. Um, yeah, I have Sadiq Bay interest for sure. Bay has seen the most minutes. Uh, when Boyan is not on the court, it's a pretty good indicator of, of mm-hmm. um, I think him being able to see more minutes. I will say like, I would be trying to get Ivy right now. If there's a fantasy manager who's holding on to him and they just like, can't do it anymore for whatever reason, or maybe he's on the waiver wire, depending on your league, I would try to get Jay and Ivy. Cause I ran the numbers the other day with Boyan off the court. This is also with Kate off the court. Ivy sees a 10% usage bump which is a crazy number. Um, And per 36 minutes for Ivy, that's 24 points and five assists. So uh, I, so I would just try to get Jake and Ivy is what what I'm trying to say. Cause I think if Bojan leaves, it's going to be the Jake and Ivy show. Yeah, no, you're right. And like the the counting stats for Ivy aren't even that impressive. Obviously it's the efficiency that, you know, is kind of costing him in terms of fantasy ranking. And he just doesn't give you anything in terms of defensive value, especially lately he has like two steals in his last eight games. Um, But he's also not playing that many minutes, like last 13 games going back to mid December, he's only averaging 28 minutes per game. And it's hard for me to figure out why, Uh, like obviously they've been without Cunningham for all of that time and more. I I just like, does logic dictate that at some point he'll start playing 34 to 40 or to 38 minutes 
late in the year. It's like, why, why not do that now? I, I, I don't know. So I, 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 I think there's a case to be made that if he does play more minutes, obviously everything rises by what, 10, 15%. Uh, and then you have yourself a more valuable player. But I, I, I guess I don't fully trust that because they have no reason to, to not play him more minutes now that they'll do it later. Uh, we can hope that they play him more later. I will say, I mean, I, there's like positive indicators. Like he gets to the free throw line a lot, you know, oh, past yeah. 13 games, six free throw attempts a game, shooting 46% from three during this stretch. Like there's some stuff that points to him being capable of some really big games, but um, they just need to start putting him in situations where he can start taking closer to like <laughs> closer to 20 shots a game, I think. Yeah, it's going to be all about volume. Uh, with Jaden Ivey. I don't know that he quite has like Jalen Green second half of last year upside. I'd be surprised if he reaches that, but uh, they just got to turn things over. And I, I think, you know, Bogdanovich stepping away at some point at the deadline, I think would, would help that. Sadiq Bay, by the way, he's he's already owned in 66% of Yahoo leagues. I, the numbers just don't look good to me. And yet, like he still ranks much higher than you would think. I think he's just outside the top 150. And I, I know he's he really hasn't missed any time. Uh, but like scoring is down, assists are down, rebounds are down. He's not really doing anything on defense. He's shooting 39% from the field, 31% from three. Uh, like, is it just, is it just the made threes? And I, I guess a high free throw percentage that are keeping him afloat. Like it, it doesn't really add up. If you're, if you're looking at nine cat, it's the turnovers. Cause he only turns the ball over once a game. And that really helps him a lot. He's a great free throw shooter. And he's not like a zero from there. He actually gets there four times a game. Yeah. So I think that's helping him a lot. I mean, I but he needs the minutes, right? Like Sadiq Bay is a is a must roster guy if he's getting like thirty to thirty five minutes a game. But he's he's just too fringy right now. But the problem is like if you're if you're gaming the Pistons season out, you're like they're going to trade Bojan. It's like well, you might want to get Bay on your roster if if you have some free spots, which almost nobody does at this point in the year because everybody's hurt. You know, we're saying this like everybody's got five roster spots that they can just cycle in and out. Hey, people forget 51 point game for Sadiq Bay last yeah. March. Uh, you, you, we're always going to be chasing that dragon. Uh, all right, man. That brings us to the end of the Eastern Conference. Uh, like we said at the top, we'll be doing the West on Thursday. So keep an eye out for that in your feed. You'll be back with Ken and Shannon on Friday as well. Uh, always good talking hoops with you and looking forward to doing it again tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.